Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range. And I can't tell you how important it is for businesses to have a line of credit so they can make an investment in their business or even for unexpected emergencies. I can't tell you how many times over those 25 years I was so thankful that I had a line of credit for emergencies. And I can't tell you how many times I am shocked on how hard it is to get one in place. And so 12 years ago, my business partner and I started Financing Solutions to help small businesses and nonprofits get a line of credit as a cash backup plan or to make an investment in their business. Our line of credit program is easy to get in place, inexpensive when used, and costs nothing to set up, making it a great cash backup plan. If you would like to learn more about our line of credit program, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com, or give us a call at 862-207-4118. Uh, if you apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file. Just remember, the time to set up a line of credit is when you don't need it. And considering that it doesn't cost anything to set it up, it doesn't cost when anything it's not being used. And honestly, it's very inexpensive when you do use it. It's just a smart business move, move to do. Today, I am very excited to be speaking with Kimberly Lewis from Motivational Muse. Uh, everyone knows that there's biases, at least I hope you do, uh, but often we don't realize it. Knowing your own biases will help you know if you need to defer from accepting a contract or working on removing those biases so that you can serve your clientele with integrity. As an entrepreneur, Kimberly, particularly of services, uh, she provides services love life coaching, and she knows that you must be uh, unbiased and non-judgmental. So it is important to be honest with yourself. So, Kimberly, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thank you so much, Stephen. I'm pleased to be here. So, your your main profession is that you're a coach. Is that is that correct? Well, partially. Um, actually, I do run a um, 13 million dollar organization, not for profit organization, but I'm also a life coach, and I consult with a variety of Fortune 500 businesses around the country. Gotcha. So um, give me a typical example of why a, uh, well, first, just to say today's topic, and then we kind of get into that. Today's topic is unbiased, unconscious bias in business and how it affects you. Um, so, and, I, and then when I say you, you know, really, we mean the business owner, how it affects their organization, how it affects the people who work there. Um, so when you're brought in for a consulting assignment, Typically, what is the what are they trying to accomplish? Well, typically, really, what they're trying to accomplish is to build an, a diversity, equity, and inclusion program within their company. Because what business leaders have found and they're discovering is there is a business case. Um, McKinsey and Company has done a number of studies, and their last one came out uh, just last year. And the study shows us that thirty percent. Uh, that businesses that have a diversity, equity, inclusion program do better, um, do 30% more in sales than those who do not. 
And so the question is, well, how can that be? What, what are they doing? What's different about it? What's different is the people. When you bring different people to the table, they have different experiences, different ideas. They can talk about a variety of things, you know, as wonderful as you and I are. If the world were filled with a bunch of Kimberleys and Stevens who thought exactly like we thought, had the experiences exactly as we had them, it would be pretty boring. So really, you know, you want a lot of different experiences at the table because the things that I'm going to think about are not necessarily the things that you might think about and vice versa. Yeah. I mean, I see there's so many times throughout my life. I've been, listen, I've been very lucky to, when I first started my career, I worked for Xerox and, and uh, that was uh, 30 plus years ago. And they were such a great company. They were in the forefront of, you know, using unconscious bias and being aware of it and having a diverse workforce. And so, you know, because I had that fantastic experience and also I had a fantastic experience in college of being, have such a diverse background of a student body that I saw. It's so much more exciting. It's so much better. I don't want to see a lot of Steve Lasnik's. I mean, and, and let me tell you, I mean, like I, I know my, uh, my one friend when they were looking at colleges, he said to his son, um, look around at the kids. And if they seem like you, then that's a good college for you. I'm like, that is a terrible uh, way to pick a college. I would say just the complete opposite. Look exactly. at the kids here. And if they look different than you, that's a good college to go to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, we we, we bring so many different things to, to the table, to the fabric. You know, um, there's so many times when, you know, there are different questions that come up with my leadership team. And because of their experiences, they're going to have a different response than I would have. And I'll, I'll give you an, a classic example. Um, one of my friends actually was talking about his business and how their disposal costs, their trash costs were really, they were, they were through the roof. They were going up. And so he was like, you know, why is this going up month after month? And they said, well, it's because of all that cast iron we keep throwing away. And we went thrift stores. And so I said, you know, cast, why are you throwing away cast iron? And he said, well, it's rusty and we can't sell it. Nobody wants it. And we just have to throw it away and it weighs down the compactor. And one of the employees um, who was Hispanic said, well, okay, why are we throwing away cast iron? Because in my culture, we love cast iron. We use cast iron you know, it's rusty. That's fine. You wash it out and you can, you know, re-oil it and season it and it will last you forever. Yeah. And so she said, let me take that in one of my stores and run a whole campaign around it. And she did that and made sure that the Hispanic community knew about it and they can't keep the cast iron on the shelves. Wow. You know, in my culture, I'm African-American. Same thing. You know, if you were born in the country, <laughs> you know, the best cornbread in the world <laughs> is cornbread that comes out of a cast, cast iron. iron. Yeah. You know, and so that was just how, you know, one person's culture, they couldn't understand why anybody would want to cook out of a pan that's, you know, uh, got some rust on it. And in another culture, they're like, that's called seasoning. <laughs> you know, we can use that. You know, I'm glad you told me that because, um, I have this cast iron pan that we all we use all the time, and I I, I didn't realize why they iron, uh, why they oil it. 
why we oil mm-hmm. it. Now I'm going to have to make sure I do that. Uh, yeah. Let's see. This podcast was really good. <laughs> yeah, you, um, something. you know, um, there was a, uh, I, I was, uh, uh, I had one company where we were hiring a lot, like, you know, we, a lot. And so we wanted to really dive into the best hiring practices. So we really read a lot of books on it. We, we really dove into it to come up with the best practices. And one of the books I read, I thought was really good. And, and the person said, don't make a decision for 15 minutes about anything when somebody walks in the door to interview, right? They say, just put everything on hold. Don't, don't notice what they're wearing. Don't notice their ethnicity. Don't notice if they're pretty or not pretty or handsome and not, or not handsome. Don't make any judgments for 15 minutes. And if you do that, they said that your probability that you will make a better decision in hiring uh, will, will really, really increase. And it really talked about the idea of unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought a little bit about that. And what we ended up doing is making sure that every single, this is pre-COVID and this is pre-video, um, but uh, make sure that every of the interviews that we did was on the phone first. Yeah. Because that way it, it really stopped us from, you know, if they a really good looking person walked in, walked in the door, it would just cloud our judgment. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it, it made a big difference. So um, how, how do you think, I mean, you've talked about, okay, well, we know the McKinsey study that I know that that, that study has been done over and over and over again, showing the same results that diversity creates better um, revenue, more mm-hmm. higher revenue. Um, what, you know, what else do you think being very uh, aware of your biases um, and, uh, you know, this more, this, this lecture is a little bit, I'm mean, sorry, this podcast is a little bit more about biases than it is about diversity, mm-hmm. but I guess, does it go hand in hand? It does go hand in hand. And, and, you know, there are two sides of it and you touched on one of them, you know, one of those biases, you can have the, the horns bias or the halo bias. So horns bias is when you look at someone negatively based on your own your own thoughts or perceptions. For example, if someone comes in to interview and they have a disability and you start thinking about because you've had to take care of someone with a disability about all of the work that goes into accommodations or, you know, whatever the case, and they may not need an accommodation at all. But you you automatically think, oh, they're going to be out sick or, you know, we're, we're going to have to change the chairs or we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do that. Um, and you're sitting there worrying about that instead of interviewing the person based on the qualifications. And then the juxtaposed of that is a halo bias. Someone comes in and they graduated from the same university. They're from the same fraternity. Uh, they're from the same town that you're from, the same city that you're from. And you're thinking, oh man, this is great. You know, I've, I've got I've got another Steve on my hands. You know, they remind me of myself at that age. That happens so much, particularly with white male culture. Yeah. It happens a lot. And you know, there's a saying I heard someone say uh, once that um, men are promoted based on promise, and when women are promoted based on performance. Because an older man can look at a younger man and say, man, he reminds me of myself. He reminds me of my son. 
Um, he reminds me of my good pal from college, and I know he'll do a great job, not knowing really hardly anything about this person's capabilities. But a woman can come in for the job, and she has to have all of her ducks in a row. She has to have the degree. She has to have the certification. She has to perform for the job much more so. When you add another difference like ethnicity or diversity or uh, sexual orientation or identification to that, that adds more biases. And yeah, that, start that, to think about all the other issues that they have in their minds and they, uh, they uh, attach those to the person they're interviewing. Yeah, you're right. I, um, you know, I, I noticed that myself early on where um, I, I played uh, a college sport. And so, you know, I always thought, oh, I, I, you know, when I see a, someone who played a college sport, I, would, I was like, oh, well, they had to deal with multitasking. They know how to be motivated, uh, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and I, I tell you, I got burned and I was like, you know, that's not gonna, that's, that's not true. <laughs> not everybody. And I knew it. And not everybody on my college team was like I was like mm -hmm. motivated, like I was. And, and so that same book that I mentioned that 15 minute, you know, don't try not to pass any judgments for at least 15 minutes. That same book cut showed me how to cut through the, all those biases. Now there's now, again, there's, there's, biases that you can kind of recognize and then there's unconscious bias right mm -hmm. but the um what the book really emphasized was something called an anchor and to this day i really use this an anchor is where you look for proof of something and where someone's someone would say you know in their resume something like, they're highly motivated right which is like the number one word if everyone yeah. was so highly motivated in this world we'd We'd have, you know, type A personalities running around all over the place. But, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, someone says they're highly motivated. The next question would be, was they'll tell me, when you say you're highly motivated, tell me where in your past you have shown that high motivation. And so you're looking for an anchor, right? right? And it gets way past the, you know, the assumptions that you make. Right. Would you would you kind of agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the and that's kind of the new trend, if you will. Not that new, but new, I'd say, in the last decade. Uh, when you interview somebody, really asking them to give you examples of when they did this, that or the other. That way you are really judging them more on their capabilities and their actual past experiences rather than what you think they might have experienced or what you think they might be capable of doing. Uh, so then that levels the playing field a little bit. But I will tell you, it's still a very difficult thing because we're human. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I think, you know, sometimes um, if, if there's a bias that you really are not sure that you can get around, then you really have to work on that so that you either don't embarrass yourself for that person or, you know, make a misstatement or, or a misstep based on your bias. Um, there's so many biases in just in the last couple of years I've found um, on sexual orientation and transgender people. I am hearing it left and right uh, in the community. And religion is another huge, huge one. Uh, you know, someone who has a, a different faith base 
or they have a different belief system. That brings up all kinds of things. And, you know, those are some of the things that are kind of taboo that we're not supposed to talk about in interviews and we're not supposed to talk about in the workplace. But guess what? We come to work. Our personality comes to work. Our background comes to work. All that we are comes to work. So eventually, even you know, after the person is hired, um, eventually people get to know each other. Now, what I've also found is that once you get to know someone, then you realize that some of those biases that you had, some of those preconceived notions that you had really weren't accurate. You know, one, one of the things um, I grew up with uh, in the South, I was born and raised in Charleston, South Carolina. And my dad and mom used to make a, a joke, a comment, and they would, you know, be talking and they'd say, you know, about dating. Uh, they said, well, if he can't use your comb, you don't bring him home. And so what that meant, you know, uh, you know, I have cores here. That means that I use, you know, a wide tooth comb. Someone who is of a different nationality or different ethnicity uses a fine tooth comb. So if he can't use your comb, you don't bring him home. What that means is that you need to date someone who's in your own ethnicity. Date somebody else who's black. So as growing up, even though that was kind of a funny little tongue in cheek, what kind of bias do you think that that brought out in me as I got older? I started to then look at all of the the young guys who went to school with me, well, okay, he can't use my comb and he can't use my hmm. comb. And no, uh-uh. I'm not taking him home to my daddy. <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. Well, then it translated into distrust. Okay, so if they can't use your comb, you don't want me to date them. There's another reason because that's kind of a silly reason. Yeah. So there's another reason. So then I began to have this sense of distrust that I had to personally work through and say, okay, what is this really all about? Now there's a, there's a whole, and I've written a couple of books. I've actually written three books. And so in each of my books, I talk about the experiences of my family and the experiences of racism and prejudice and, and bias, conscious and unconscious. Um, and all of that went into build that real distrust that my parents had And it was not just about, I don't trust somebody because they don't look like me. It was, I need to protect myself and protect my family because you're trying to hurt me. And so we all have those things. You know, I hear people, you know, from other parts of the country. I was having a conversation with someone recently who is a a military vet, an army vet. And she served time in Afghanistan um, and has a real problem really looking um, with open eyes to anyone who is of the Muslim faith. And she said, but you don't understand what, what I've seen. And, 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 you know, uh, they, they don't, they don't seem to have the same quality of, uh, of life that we have and belief system that we have. And I said, here you are, you're brushing everyone with the same stroke. Yeah. Now I get it. I get your, your experiences were real. But again, not everyone is going to fall into that criteria. But you're you're painting everyone who who is of that faith uh, with a radical brush. Yeah, I think the thing that I want everybody to get out of this podcast is if you walk away with this podcast with this one thing, and that is everybody has uh, conscious and unconscious biases. 
and you need to know you have them. If you can at least start off there, Mm -hmm. you'll start to kind of question yourself on your decisions, right? Mm -hmm. And then if you can go to another area with with diversity, that's good. I think it's, but again, the idea that you, you should know that having biases, um, is, is not going to be very good for your success. I, you know, I have a, a friend and my, one of my best friends, uh, since we were 20, um, he married a girl who unfortunately is one of the most, um, uh, I, I wouldn't say prejudice. She's the most biases based person I've ever met. I just don't get along with her at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know if anybody, I know many people do, but, um, but, and she doesn't think she's prejudiced because mm-hmm. she'll say, Oh, this person is Polish because, and he's a really, that means he's a really, really hard worker. Mm. Right. So mm-hmm. she'll say, Oh, she'll think that's a positive. Right. right. But then she'll say, you know, she'll, so she'll use generalizations across the board. And, and I, it just, it drives me crazy. Right. Like I, yeah. I can't take that. And I think it, you know, I think it really affects you making, a bad decisions, regardless if you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that your bias is toward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's little jabs, you know, and as you say, sometimes people think that, you know, they're giving you a compliment, you know, um, you know, it's the same thing as saying, you know, well, one of my best friends is black. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's oh, that. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, something that I've been told repeatedly um, is you're so articulate. Oh, that's terrible. I'm sorry. Well, what do you expect me to be? Uh, (laughs) Oh, you're not from here. Where where are you from? Where are your parents from? Yeah. Um, You don't, you don't care. You're one of the good ones. Ah. You're one of the good ones. So you told me you were from Texas. I, 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 you know, I'm sorry. It's just the South. That's, you know, it's just so much different. So it much is, different. but you, you know would what? Never, would... You would never hear that up. I'm from, I'm in New Jersey. We just, uh-huh. ne- you wouldn't hear that very often up here. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, but um, it, it happens. It really, it really does. And I, I've traveled all over the world. Yeah, and uh, you know, even abroad, um, I get sometimes strange looks. My niece lived in Germany for a number of years, and I would go and visit with her. And when she first got there, she kept wondering why are people staring at me. You know. I, I know they've seen black people, but what it was is she had, she had braids in her hair at the time. They thought that she was one of the, uh, uh, that she was a refugee. Oh. And, and, and so they had a bias against yeah. refugees. Refugees. And now uh, as soon as she spoke and they realized that she was <sighs> American, it's like, oh, you're one of the good ones. Oh, geez. So you know, it's they- all over. Let me ask you a question. You, you caught my attention to something you said earlier, and I wanted to come back to it. And that was, um, you said, um, I, I don't, excuse me if the quote was different, but you said, um, especially if you're a white male, mm-hmm. which was in regards to biases. And um, so, so what do you think, you know, what do you think as a white male myself? And and we and statistically, of course, white males uh, and, uh, are the majority of uh, leadership positions. Let's mm-hmm. say, um, 
what what do you what do you what do you tell us? What what are, what are we doing wrong here? How can we improve? What's your suggestions? Well, I think everything that we've really kind of talked about and hit on, you know, really trying to judge people independently. Um, there are a number of things, you know, looking at people um, in a more, uh, I won't say, uh, I, I think you need to look at people in a holistic manner. I think it's, it's, it's very difficult to put blinders on and tell someone not to look at, you know, uh, someone who is attractive or not attractive or not to look at their, their college education. You just don't want to make a judgment based on those sole things. But I would say, look at people in totality, you know, look at them holistically. And I will also say this is that the business power certainly is in the hands of white males. So they are the most powerful allies. They're the ones who really have an opportunity to open the door for individuals, for women, for individuals of color, for individuals of different abilities. They have that authority and the, and the power to do so. And so if, if the company president says, we are going to employ these diversity um, uh, norms to our business, and you know we're going to look at people objectively, as objectively as we can, Everyone is going to be based on the same criteria that everyone is going to be paid within this certain amount. We're going to pay everybody, no matter whether it's male or female, because that's one of the other things. Pay equity is huge. Um, Whether it's male or female, we're going to pay them. If you do job A, you're going to get paid this amount. You do job B, you're going to get paid this amount. And we're going to publicize it. So when we put our job descriptions out, it's going to have the pay scale on it or the pay rate on it so that you know that's what it is. And you're not going to be able to come in and go behind the scenes and say, yeah, but, you know, I, 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 I have this or I have a family or I have, you know, if if John is being paid one thing, then Susan is going to be paid the same thing. And that. Um, CEO, that president has the authority to make that decision, whether it is male or female. What, what now, uh, on the contrary, do you think that, um, let's say in, in this case, an African-American, um, do you think they handle unconscious bias and conscious bias better than a white male? I think we hide it better. Uh uh-huh. Uh, we, you know, um, we wear a mask, you know, that that's a, a, a point. And we wear a mask and we've learned to code switch very quickly. And we've learned how to um, just watch and listen. You know, when I first started working in my profession many, many, many years ago, my mother gave me some great advice. And she said, when you walk into a new situation, I want you to keep your eyes and your ears open and your mouth closed. And you'll learn a lot. Learn who you are, who they are, who you know, who the players in the room are before you start speaking. That's good advice for, for everyone. But I think because I was taught that, certainly, and I was taught how to read the room and read my colleagues, I am not going to, to basically show my hand. You know, I'm going to keep my poker face at all times. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, 
I get uh, your your answer to my question. I think was a little different than uh, the question I was asking. I mm-hmm. think it's good to know what you just talked about. And, you know, there's 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 this other thing that just to add on what you're saying, and I'll come back to my point. Um, you know, the art of negotiation is uh, whoever gives up the most information typically loses. Right. So um, so, but what my question was, let's let's give it a different angle. You have a CEO of a company who is an African-American and, you know, you have a CEO of another company that's a, that is a white male, right? Mm-hmm. Both males. Um, does, and, and God, this is, again, this is not the right way to do it. This is a generalization, right? Which is what mm-hmm. we're talking about. You don't do, but do you, you had mentioned it before that it's white males that have this uh, problem of bias um, and I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth. If, uh, uh, if, if, I mean, if I am, correct me. And you said that an African American does better with it, uh, with uh, being aware of conscious and unconscious bias. Is is that what you were saying? No, not okay, at all. Cool. Be- be- it sounded we, weird as I was saying yeah, it. <laughs> okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, because we all have these biases. Yes. You know, and and you know, and the thing about it is, sometimes you can even have like culture biases. Um, I was trying to help some friends and they're from Africa and they needed a business advisor. And I know a business advisor, an accountant who is, you know, here locally, he's also from Africa. And so when I was writing this person's name down, they said, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want want another African. No. And I'm like, okay, but he's really good. And they're like, no, uh, 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 we want an American. We want an American. And, and so, you know, we all have these biases, you know, based on, again, our experiences. And the problem is simply by brushing everybody with the same, with the same, same cloth until you have the information that verifies or proves, as you said earlier, what our thoughts may or may not be. Now, that's different from looking for little uh, denominators out there to make ourselves right. You know, because people can do that, too. And then they can say, see, we, we tried to hire a, a woman in this position and she couldn't handle it. So we're never hiring women again. Well, that just meant that you made a bad hire. Yeah. You know, or perhaps there were things that were uh, not realistic or, or not fair in that particular situation that would make anybody fail. Uh, but you wanted to stack the deck against her so that you could say, see, we tried and, and it failed. So yeah. my point is, we've all got these biases. We got to do a self check, a gut check first, and say, yeah. first of all, is this an honest assessment, or is it something I'm making up? I like that. I think and that's what the purpose of this podcast is: is again to question, you know, your biases and stuff like that. Be aware of them. I mean, but going back to the example, I have to say with the African. Uh, uh, business owners that were, maybe they wanted an American because were they were, if they're going to conduct business in the United States, they're saying, uh, well, they want someone who understands America. You know, no, not- they, they, they said, no, he's, he's crooked. We know oh. our people, they're crooked. Gotcha. <laughs> I was like, gotcha. well, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're not crooked and I know you. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're yeah, different. Yeah. That's what I he like said, well, it. we're different. Well, so you got to question your biases. I, I That's a good one. Um, yeah. What do you do when it's, like, let's say, but what do you do when you've had that experience over and over and over and over again? So like, so, so let's take this as a good example that you put there. They're from a part of Africa. 
it is uh, the the area they come from is exactly the way that they're saying it is mm-hmm. right it's it is uh crooked uh, people are, uh, it's fraud so what do you do when you when let's face it it's life experiences right mm-hmm. where you've mm-hmm. seen it over and over and over again it's not a one off situation mm-hmm. you know is that a bias it is definitely is a bias um mm. still because Again, every every situation, every person is not exactly the same. And, um, you know, I think and it makes it difficult now because there are certainly, you know, we have there. Are, you can have certain certain groups of people, certain families that are taught, you know, it's just like being uh, in a club or a group or being trained to do a certain job. You're trained, you're conditioned to respond to certain stimulus in a certain way. You're just con- conditioned that way. And so you're going to continue to do that until something else changes, until something else makes you do something different or make a different decision. And it's the same thing with our cultures. You know, it's just like being in the South. You know, in the South, there are certain things, you know, that are uh, people are going to ask you, well, who are your people? Who are your people? Because they want to know what the lineage is. Okay, so if I know what the lineage is, I know who you're related to. I know whether you have money or you don't have money. I know whether or not you come from good, good stock. You come from good, honest people. Now, that is not to say that there aren't a few (laughs) in the family tree that you would rather take out of the family tree. Uh, But that's kind of one of those boxes that we tend to put each other in, you know, the same as. Uh, the example that you used about someone saying, well, you know, this person is Polish, so they're a hard worker. How many times have you heard, you know, someone who is Asian, uh, they must be good at math yeah. and science? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not all Asians are good at math and science. No, it's been proven it's wrong too. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, not that they're not. It's just, yeah, it's proven that they're just as equal as everybody else. Yeah, you know? exactly. You've got, you know, skill sets in, in every in every different area. But because we take an example and it happens, you know, it may happen five times out of 10. And we say, oh, okay, then all Asians must be good at math and science. Yeah. Or um, all, all black people must be great dancers. Yeah. Well, you know what? My boyfriend can't dance to save his life. <laughs> <laughs> Is he hearing this right now? <laughs> he will. He will. Okay. He will tell right. you that. He, yeah. he can't dance, you know. Um, and so, you know, it's, again, it's, and, and they, they start out as really harmless. You know, they start out as social things, you know, like dancing or cooking or, uh, you know, playing a particular kind of instrument or being athletically inclined. They start as social things and they start out when we're children. And then adults put those labels on us and then they try to make them true. And when you hear something enough times, you don't even necessarily have to see it. You hear it enough times, you believe that it is true because that's what you've been taught. That's what your grandparents were taught and their parents before them were taught. And so you just, you come up believing that that's, that's the way it is. Yeah. Let's go back to the idea that I think, you know, when you're using um, a decision, you're hiring people, you're making decisions, you know, to try to move it back down to facts and anchors and I think that really cuts through the the wall of biases that you can have. Uh, would you would you would you kind of agree with that? 
Yes, absolutely. Now, now the, sorry, go ahead. You know, one of the things, I mean, it's, we don't want to erase people's culture. When people, there's a statement I've heard many people will make and they'll say, well, I don't see color. And I'm always offended by that because I want you to see my beautiful melanin skin. That's a part of who I am. It is not all of who I am, but it is a big part of who I am because I can't change that. You know, I want you to know what my culture is. I want you to know my history. I want you to know, you know, all the things that I like to do and I like to eat and the places I like to go and the music I like to listen to, because all of that goes into who I am. So don't strip me of that because you're trying to be colorblind, but accept me for all of those wonderful things and then really try to get to know me and let me try to get to know you. Yeah, I could see where, um, and this is going to sound strange, but um, I could see where biases and uh, diversity in your workforce um, can be a confl- at conflict at times. Because, you know, we're telling people that you have unconscious biases and conscious biases and you shouldn't do that, right? It should be, you just evaluate the person based on who they are. At least that's what I was saying. Right. Um, but yet we're saying that companies that have a diverse workforce, uh, you know, uh, uh, do better, mm-hmm. they're more profitable. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, so I'm trying to think, you know, I, I, I don't want to say this. Um, I, I wish I could think my, that I'm ahead of time that my words are going to be a poorly misconstrued, um, but if you if you have somebody that comes in your office for an interview, you, let's just keep it non. Um, uh, let, let's keep it simple. You know, they grew up. Let's say they grew up in the pro, in the projects, and mm-hmm. it's got. We're not talking any color. We're talking any, any ethnicity, right? right? You know, they grew up in the projects where they tell you where they grew up, and you know that, right? Mm-hmm. And your bias is right now. Let's say it's positive. Let's say you say, oh, and you see that the person went to college. And so you, your bias now is, wow, this person got out of the projects and they're, um, they went to college. And, and so your bias right there is a positive one, which is, wow, they pulled themselves up from the bootstraps and they, you know, that could be someone we would really want here. And then let's say in this case, that person isn't an, an ethnicity that you want to have in your organization because it helps you be diverse. Mm-hmm. Well, but you, you know, I don't know if this is the best example, but you use the bias to help you fulfill the diversity, but right. you don't, you know, but so do you understand where I'm going with that? I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I get it. Exactly. But see, that's just one part of it. So true enough, even, you know, when I'm, filling my board of directors or I'm helping other organizations fill their board of directors with diverse persons. We're not just looking at their diversity or their economic status or, you know, which company they work for or the experience that they had. You also want to look at what are the other factors? Do they have the qualifications? What, what are the basic, the minimum, the MQs, minimum qualifications for the job? And then once you go past the minimum qualifications, then you start delving into those deeper questions. Can you tell me a time when you did this, that, or the other, or you overcame this, that, or the other? 
then if that is a good answer to you and it shows you more diversity, it shows you that they have tenacity, it shows you that they're a problem solver, it shows you that they're good with people, then you take all of that holistically in totality and say, okay, this is a good hire. This is a good promotion. This is someone that I want on my team, whether it's on my board of directors or whether it's part of my staff. So you may look at them as a possibility because you know you you want to make sure that you do have diversity, and so that's economic diversity, that's um, you know um, perhaps ethnicity and 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 gender diversity. You're looking at all those things, but that's not the only thing that you're looking at. One of the things that I also use is a matrix, you know, that composition matrix of skill sets. What are the skill sets that we need within our our leadership team or our board of directors? And I'm looking at those skill sets at the same time that I'm looking at the gender. I'm looking at the age diversity. I'm looking at the ethnicity. I'm looking at the socioeconomic background. So I'm, I'm used doing, you know, we can think of more than one thing at a time. And yeah. so I'm looking at all of it. Yeah. The three books that you wrote, what, what are the titles of those three books? The first book is The Fourth Generation. And it really talks about what happened with my family in South Carolina. Uh, my mom was 16 years old when they were removed from their land via eminent domain by the federal government to make way for the Savannah River nuclear plant. And that was, you know, basically they were, they were exploring the concept of building an H-bomb and they needed all of this farmland. And so we lost 500 acres of farmland. And so it talks about that. So there's a little bit of that socioeconomic bias and, you know, why are you going to displace not just them, but hundreds of families, you know, in this farming community um, and not really tell them why you're doing it. And so what happened to the family? Uh, the second book is a diversity, equity, and inclusion book, and it is called A Seat at the Table or a Part of the Meal. And in that book, I really just talk about how you kind of gain your place, uh, working yourself through all of the, the racial constructs and gender constructs that you may have just to get just to get a seat at the table. You really don't have a decision. You don't have a dog in the fight. Uh, until you are at, have a seat at the table and dare I say, sitting at the head of the table. Yeah. Um, and, you know, later on, I may make one about building your own table because you have to do that too. Uh, then the third book is exactly what we're talking about today. And it's simply entitled Biases. And it is a guide. It's a workbook. And I give you an opportunity, the reader, an opportunity to, to read and learn and then journal about their own thoughts. And it helps them to uncover their own unconscious bias. That's uh, all good stuff. Well, I know that people who are in leadership position, who have to make these decisions, um, you know, the first thing they do is often read about the issue. And those are all mm -hmm. three good books, especially for today's topic. Um, which really all the time we have uh, for today. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I'd like to thank so very much Kimberly Lewis from Motivational Muse for coming on today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 
or visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Kimberly, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Sure, they can go to my website, motivationalmuse.com, motivationalmuse.com, or email me at motivationalmuse.kim at gmail.com. Great stuff today, Kimberly. Thank you for the work that you're doing as well. It's making the world a better place. And that's what we all need to do, right? We all have a part into how we live and how the, the world lives and our kids and other people. And this is a good topic for us to really try to do a better job of being uh, better people. I want to thank, uh, also, I want to thank everyone for listening and remember that um, today, is a new start. This is a start of a new year. Um, it's always a good time. I always love New Year because if you had a good year, you can look at it and say thank you, and you move on to the next year. If you had a bad year, you say I'm going to forget about that year. I'm going to move on to a new one. Uh, so everyone uh, have a very happy, safe, uh, healthy New Year, and uh, be conscious of those biases. Everyone have a great day. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I loved having you.